grateful that Jesus found you. I love it, the fact that Jesus finds us as we are, and he says, you don't need to change for me to love you. He just loves us. He loves us despite our problems. He loves us despite our, um, sometimes our anger towards him. He loves us despite the fact that we fail and mess up. Jesus just loves us. And I love the fact that he does love us. I love the fact that he says, do you know what? I'm only looking for you to say, yes, I believe in you. Let the rest let him deal with. He's only looking for our yes. He's only looking for us to believe in him. And when we do that, our lives get changed forever. And he takes us on a journey, a road of discovery where he helps us and he leads us and he changes us from the inside out. Amen. Amen. Well, you may be seated this morning. It is so good to come around the world, the word this morning. And do you know what? This morning, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. Do you know the Bible is not just a book that has changed the world? The Bible is a book that is changing the world. The Bible is as relevant today as it was 2,000 years ago. And the Bible has the same power today in the lives of the people that will believe it as it did when Jesus walked this earth. The Bible is powerful. The Bible changes us. The Bible gives us hope. And at this moment in 2020, in the midst of a global pandemic, the Bible is still changing people's lives. The Bible is actually breaking into hopelessness and it's giving people hope. Across the globe, the kingdom of God is advancing. Across the globe, people are coming to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior, and he's got his arms wide open, and he says, anyone that believes in me shall be saved. That same promise that he gave all those years ago is the same promise that he gives for us right here, right now, and as a result of that, people are leaning in and saying, I choose Jesus. I want Jesus for my life. I need Jesus to change me from the inside out. I want to encourage you. God is doing great things. He's doing great things in this country. People are seeing their lives changed. You know, in the midst of, you know, a rather crushing crisis, people are beginning to realize the things that they base their hope on aren't giving them a lot of assurance for their lives. Your education our jobs, our healthcare system, the country in which we live, everything is crumbling and shaking and people are realizing the things that they've built their lives on aren't the things that give them peace in their hearts. They're not the things that allow them to sleep in the middle of the night. No, that is found in Jesus. You know, today we have made our choice to follow Jesus and because of that, despite the storm, 
storm that is maybe raging on the outside, we place our feet on solid rock. And our hope is anchored in Jesus. And Jesus doesn't move amidst the storm. Jesus doesn't crumble amidst the circumstances of life. But we can have steadfastness in our lives because we've anchored our hope in him. I read a story recently and I was so encouraged to see how God is moving throughout our world. And it's a story from the Middle East. And as you know, there's been a great refugee crisis. As people leave and flee their countries, oftentimes with just the clothes that are on their back, searching for security searching for peace, searching for a place where they're not going to be threatened by death. And many of the refugees pouring into the Middle East, they have nothing but the clothes on their back, like I said. And there was a church there that were able to secure a container filled with clothes to be able to give these refugees. And they created a pop-up center and they had all of the clothes there ready to give them. And right next to the clothes, they had a table. And on the table, they had placed a load of Bibles. And when the doors opened to this center for people to come to get the clothes, there was a stampede for the Bibles. There was a stampede not for the clothes, but for the Bibles. Because the reality is, clothes aren't going to fill the hole in your heart. Clothes aren't going to answer the questions that each one of us has as people here on earth. They are facing death every day. They don't know when their next day will be. And for them, they're not really interested on whether they're warm or not. They want to know that they've got hope beyond the grave. They want to know that they've got a future and there was a stampede for the Bibles. You know, God is moving in our world. He's visiting people. He's doing signs and wonders. I was encouraged to hear of a printing press in the Middle East where the gospel is not able to be proclaimed and printed in the way that it is here. And I was so encouraged to hear of a man that owned that printing press. And he would wait until his family would go to bed. And in the evening, he would creep down and he would begin printing Bibles because there's a hunger. People are asking, we want to know about this Jesus that keeps visiting us in, in, in our visions. We want to know about this Jesus that we keep seeing. And so this man is literally laying his life down every time that he decides to put that printing press into operation to print Bibles because people are in need of hope. And I'm so encouraged to hear how the Bible continues to transform societies. It's continuing to transform cultures and it will continue to do that until Jesus says, this is it, we're going up to heaven. The reality is for our world in which we live, society does not have a lot of answers for people beyond the grave. 
Our culture doesn't have a lot to say about what happens when we breathe our last breath and we pass over from this life to the next. And as a result of that, our society and our culture tries to cram everything into the here and now. It tries to place our focus and our attention on what we can get in this life here on earth. There's a statement, FOMO, fear of missing out. People are fearful that they're missing out on things. They're trying to extract everything they can from here and now. They try it in relationships and they move from one relationship to the other because that doesn't feel so satisfying as what they thought. Perhaps that one will be better. And in doing that, they break their lives apart. People are trying to build themselves these great careers and their education thinking that this is going to be the thing that I can extract life from. We've got bucket lists that people are running after trying to fulfill because our culture wants us to focus on the here and now because it doesn't have any answers beyond the grave. But here's the thing. Jesus gives us answers beyond the grave. Jesus says, I've gone to the other side. Jesus laid down his life for us. And when he died on the cross, he he died, he got buried, and he got resurrected. And he's already overcome death in the grave. And for us, that gives us such hope. Because when we place our faith in Jesus, we are placing our faith in the only person that's ever overcome and gone to the other side. And Jesus is standing and his appeal to anybody here on earth is saying, it's beautiful over here. You don't know what is laid up for you beyond the grave. And he wants to reassure humanity that if we place our faith and trust in him, we can have a hope that keeps us beyond this life. And it focuses us into eternity where he promises to give us life and life everlasting. Jesus is the only person that is able to do that. And that for a human being is what we're all looking for. Because we, when we place our faith in him, we, his promise to us is when you die, that's not the end of the road. When you die as a believer in Jesus, life goes on into eternity. Life goes on in heaven. And what an exciting journey to be involved in. What an exciting prospect that for us here on earth, this isn't it. This is part of the journey, but it's a journey. But beyond the grave, there's eternity in heaven with Jesus. That is what, as Christians, we place our hope in. And our world needs hope. Our world is feeling hopeless at the moment because the things we've placed our trust in are crumbling and they're being washed over like sandcastles on the seashore. But Jesus is our solid rock. Jesus is the one that we can lean in and rely on. He is our living hope. And that is good news. That is good news for all of us. And we've been studying and looking over the last number of weeks about the endless hope that we have as a result of asking Jesus into our lives. This has got nothing to do with what we can bring to the table. 
This has everything to do about what Jesus brings to the table. Our endless hope is all based on what he has done for us. And last week, we began to look at some aspects of the power of hope in our lives. And if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to listen to the message because I'm only going to briefly just recap on that. But we talked about the fact because of what Jesus has done, because of the fact he has died, he was buried and he's resurrected and now he is in heaven. He's secured an inheritance for us because of what he has done. That hope that we have for the future reflects back into our day-to-day lives here to give us strength to walk through our day. Because the reality is, here on earth, nothing is certain. We don't know what our journey is going to look like. Our journeys are often filled with things that we have to navigate, twists and turns. Sometimes we're on mountaintops, others at times we're in valleys. But it's our hope anchored to what Jesus has promised in the future that enables us to keep on going when time gets tough. It enables us to keep on going in this present time because this isn't it. This isn't the end of the road. This is just the beginning for us. And that's what our hope in Jesus does. And last week we talked about the fact that hope is a choice. God's done it all for us. But just like salvation is a decision that only we can make, God will never force himself on us. He will never force himself to make a decision to follow him. But his arms are outstretched and he invites us. And he says, will you say yes? And just like he allows us and gives us free choice to make the decision to follow him, we also, once we make that decision, when we follow Jesus, he doesn't turn us into a robot all of a sudden. He doesn't start manipulating our moves and saying, you'll go here, you'll do that, this is what you'll do. No, our free choice and our free will still remains intact. And we therefore have to choose each day to live in hope. We have to choose each day to believe what the Bible says. And we have to choose to focus our attention in the right direction, to anchor ourselves in hope. Last week, we talked about the fact that hope is so powerful in our lives. We talked about the fact that hope gives us perspective. Often, like I've said, our culture causes our attention to be focused on the here and now. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible doesn't say focus on the here and now. The Bible says set your sights on things above. Set your sights in heaven where things aren't corrupted, where things are set out. That's where we're to set our attention. And Jesus is a perfect example of that. When he had to die on the cross for us, he was about to, he was about to go through the worst ordeal that anyone could imagine. Yet he said for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He didn't allow his attention to be wrapped up in the problems and in the crises and in the difficulty he was going to go through. But he chose to look ahead into the future to say, do you know what? If I lay my life down, 
I'm going to change a whole bunch of people's lives here on earth. As a result of me losing my life, so many people are going to gain life as a result of it. So our hope changes our perspective. And we have to choose to focus our sights on eternity. That's what the Bible says. Don't allow ourselves to focus our attentions here on earth. We talked about the fact that hope gives us confidence. Hope gives us confidence to live well while we're here on earth. We are able to live the way that Jesus wants us to live because we can have confidence in him. And we can have confidence that he will guide us and lead us and he will empower us to live the life that he has called us to live. And hope gives us that confidence to walk well with others, to love when things are not going well, to forgive when people are letting you down, to show kindness when people are withholding their kindness from us. Confidence gives us our hope to say, well, if God says I can do it, that I'm going to trust him. He's going to help me do it. We also talked about the fact that hope gives us courage. Hope gives us courage to believe that what God says for our lives can be a real experience. You know, when Jesus died, he said he's come to give us life and life more abundantly. And he wants our lives here on earth as followers of Jesus to be packed full of that life. He wants us to live restored. He wants us to live live redeemed. He wants us to live delivered. He says he wants to satisfy us with good things, that our youth would be renewed like the eagles. And when we put our hope in Jesus, it gives us confidence and courage to believe, well, if God says it, then I'm going to trust it for my life. Hope is a powerful thing. And the fourth thing that we looked at last week was the fact that hope gives us protection. And we read from Zechariah 9.9, a fantastic scripture. And it says this, return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. We learned last week that hope is like a prison for us. And we are to lock ourselves into hope. We are not to allow our past, our fears, and maybe negativity to be the prison from which we live in. But no, we're to actually say, do you know what? Because of what Jesus did, I don't need to be a prisoner to that anymore, but I'm going to choose to lock myself into hope. And when we do that, it says, the word says, we are locking ourselves and surrounding ourselves by a fortress, a place of refuge and safety and security. And that's what hope does in our lives. It gives us safety. And this morning, we're going to continue to look at some more powerful aspects that hope has for each one of us. Do you know hope gives us purpose? Have you ever wondered what your purpose is in life? Some people 
are blessed to be brought up in families where their, their parents, their loved ones encourage them a lot and say, you're going to go far in life, you're going to do great things. And perhaps they've got the means to do that. They've got money in the bank. They're able to afford a university education for their children. But what if we haven't grown up like that? What if our lives have felt like we've been pushed from pillar to post? Maybe you're here today and nobody has ever told you that you have a purpose here on life, in life. Maybe nobody has ever told you that you've got a great future ahead of you. Maybe nobody's ever told you that you can do great things. Well, I want to encourage you today, if you say, Faye, that's me, I've wandered through life wondering why am I even here, what is my purpose? I want to encourage you today, when you place your faith and trust in Jesus, when you choose to anchor your hope in him, he gives you a purpose. And God's purpose doesn't go like this. You can have it, you can't. You can have it, you can't. You and you and you can have it, but the people on the back 10 rows, you can't have it. God's purpose doesn't work like that. God's purpose is we all can have it. When we ask Jesus into our lives, he says, this is the purpose for every one of us. There's not one person that has to miss out from the purpose of God in our lives. You may say, well, what is my purpose? What am, why, why am I here then? What is my purpose? Well, I love that the Apostle Paul says in the Bible that we are ambassadors for Christ. An ambassador is somebody that represents another person. We are ambassadors for Jesus. What's my purpose here on earth? To be an ambassador for Jesus. What does that look like on a day-to-day -day basis? How does that work out in my life? How can I be an ambassador for Jesus? Well, it's about taking the kingdom of God and everything that's promised in the kingdom of God, and it's about working it out through our lives. It's about allowing that transforming power of Jesus who says that when we put our faith in him, he gives us a new nature. It's about allowing that new nature to break out and for the world to see that you're not the same. That Jesus has changed you from the inside out. So when we're ambassadors for Jesus, we think differently to the way we used to. Romans 12 says this, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. God changes us and he says the old way of doing things, you don't need to do that now. We're new. We've got a new nature and we get to walk as ambassadors. We get to show people love. We get to show kindness. We get to demonstrate forgiveness. We get to walk around with a smile on our face because we know where we're going. We should be so filled with joy as Christians. And that joy can't help but be released by us. The Bible says that we diffuse the fragrance of Jesus wherever we go. So we're ambassadors. Jesus takes us as we are 
And when we ask him into our lives, he gives us a new nature. He transforms us and he changes us. And as we walk through this life, we get to demonstrate how Jesus has made a difference. You know, the Bible says that he has given gifts to each one of us. There's not one person he skipped over. Let me tell you what those gifts, some of those gifts are anyway. The Bible says in Romans 12, verse 6 to 8, he says, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, encourage, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift, for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Those gifts he's given to us, and they're not hard, are they? Encouraging, kindness, generosity. God classes them as gifts. God says, no, I've given you these. Being a teacher, being able to lead somebody, point them in the right direction, to be able to serve somebody. Those are gifts. Often our culture would say, no, those are gifts. No, those aren't gifts. There's, we don't want to follow after those things. We're going after the money. We're going after the fame. We're going after the fortune. But God's like, oh, no, no, no. These are the gifts that I give my people. These are the gifts that really matter. You know, in God's word, he says, he gives us a great command, doesn't he? The Bible says that he says that we are to love one another as he has loved us. John 13, 34 says this. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. We love one another. Those gifts that God has given us is how we practically outwork that love. The way that we love one another is through those gifts. It says in Hebrews 10.23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm that being Jesus, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Our purpose here on earth is to love one another and those gifts of encouragement and kindness and generosity and servant and teaching, those enable, those are the vehicle from which we are able to operate and demonstrate the love of God to people. The Bible gives us a great command to love one another the way that he loves us. The Bible also gives us a great commission. 
And he says, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's another one of our purposes. We are here on earth still because there are people outside of these walls that don't know yet about the love of Jesus. They've not yet found that hope for themselves. And Jesus says, we are his hands and feet. He's already done it. He's been to earth. He's died. He's hung on a cross. He's resurrected. And he's now sat in heaven. He's not wandering around anymore on earth. He says, no, that's your job now. Now this is what your job is, is you're to carry on doing what I did when I was here on earth. He's given us a purpose. And he said, I want you to tell people about me. When we have hope in Jesus, we have purpose. Every day we can wake up and we don't need to say, what's my purpose? Your purpose is to tell somebody about Jesus and your purpose is to demonstrate his love to them. That's what our purpose is here on earth. And it's so liberating. Christians make a massive difference in the world in which we live because doing this is going against the tide. Doing this is not not what happens naturally to the society and in the society in which we live, but it's everything that God wants us to be. It's everything and every way that God wants us to act. So hope will give us purpose. I encourage you to leave this place today being confident of the fact that God's got a purpose for you. And you can study that more in your own time. But God has got a purpose. The second link thing I want to say is that when we place our hope in Jesus, he gives us passion. God gives us passion. God is a passionate God. He wouldn't have given his life for humanity and Jesus, his son, for humanity if he wasn't passionate. You look at everything that God has done, the way that he's created the earth. There's nothing shabby about what God has done, is there? You look at the mountains and the seas and the beaches. You look at the way he's crafted beautiful flowers. And you see the heart of God reflected in his creation. God is a passionate God. He does nothing shabby. And when we place our hope in him, we get that passion in us as well for life. We can walk through day to day with passion. And I tell you, one of the things we can be passionate about on a daily basis, you're here today, you're still breathing. That means that God hasn't finished with us yet. Your time is not up yet. Because if God wanted you back in heaven, he would have called for you. But he says, no, you still got breath today. And therefore, you've got a purpose. And that should ignite us with a powerful passion for the way that we see things. Our perspective changes because of all of a sudden we realize, God, there's so much to live for. There's so much to live for, and he empowers us to have passion. 
1 Peter 4.10 says this, God has given us each of you a gift. There we go, a gift again from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. There you go again. How do we demonstrate God's love by serving one another? Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself was speaking. God's never despondent or disengaged when he speaks to us. He never says, oh, not you again. Oh, right, just do this. He never does that. God is so intent. He so listens to us. And when we speak, he says, speak to people as if God's speaking to them themselves. Engage with somebody. Look at them in the eye. Speak to them and encourage them as if God was speaking to them. Show them how much they are loved by the way that you speak to them. He also says, do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Do it with all the strength of energy of yourself. No. Sometimes we just don't have the strength and energy and God's never asking us to, to love from our own reservoir of strength. God's asking us to love from the strength that he supplies. We have to tap into him daily for that strength and say, God, you've given me a purpose. I'm not feeling it at the moment, but hey, God, I am going to dig in to your supply and your strength, and I am going to help others the way that you would help them because you are the source of my strength. And when we do that the Bible says everything we do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. His hope within us gives us passion to fulfill his purposes here on earth. Sometimes you read and people say, oh, those Christians, they're so focused on life after death that there's no good, you know, they're, they're no good here on earth. But that's not the case. When we are so focused on our end destination, where we are so confident about where we're headed, it gives us such zeal. It gives us such boldness and it gives us such courage for the time that we have here on earth. It gives us passion because we think we can affect change. The more hopeful you are in eternity, the more useful you are here on earth. God has equipped and empowered Christians to make a change, to make a change in society. If you look back over the course of history, you will see some of the greatest change that has ever been affected has been affected by Christians because they have the life of Jesus on them and they have to reach out to touch people because that's what Jesus did. That's who Jesus was. Whenever he walked, he said he went about doing good and we are Christ's hands and feet here on this earth and we go about doing good. Do you know Christians have stood up for injustice? 
Do you know William Wilberforce, a Christian, he stood up and brought the abolishment of slavery? Do you know that George Muller had such a heart for orphans that he cared for over 10,000 in his lifetime, just over the water in Bristol? Not only that, he actually built 117 schools to teach children a Christian education and over 120,000 children got educated as a result of George's passion to reach out to the orphan, to touch people and to share the love of Jesus with them. I've been reading a book by Corrie Ten Boone called The Hiding Place. And Corrie Ten Boone, she risked her life along with her family in hiding Jews during the Second World War. But I've been really encouraged by listening and reading about her mother in this book. Her mum was a really ill lady a lot of the time, but she understood her purpose. And that lady, even though often she would be bedbound, she would use her time in bed to write notes to encourage other people in the city that were also in their beds. She didn't stay there looking at her life saying, oh, this is so unfair. Why couldn't I? Why not? Why me? No, she chose to use her life to write notes to encourage other people. She would knit clothing for families that were struggling. She would say to the family, be sure to make sure you cook more food than's needed because why don't we give it away to those that haven't got it? This life that's within us gives us passion to see people in a different way and it gives us passion to want to change things and bring about hope in people's lives. There's a great story of Jackie Pullinger. At the age of 19, she felt the call of God say to for her to go on a boat and head towards um, Tokyo. 19 years of age, she shared that desire with her family and friends and they thought it was crazy. Jackie, don't go. What are you doing? You're 19. You're heading on a boat. You don't know where you're going. You don't know what you can do when you get there. But God had given her a passion. God had done something and she was like, no, I'm going to follow God. I'm going to follow him. She, She went on that boat. She had 20 pounds to her name. And when they were heading towards Tokyo, she felt that the Holy Spirit say to her, get off in Hong Kong. She didn't know where she was going, but she got off and she was obedient to what he said. When she got off in Hong Kong, she was led to this um, this area, um, which was known as the Walled City, a really dark place, almost like this triangle of land that was without law and order. There were gangs that were over and like running the place. There was violence, there was prostitution. And Jackie, along with some others, felt the Holy Spirit say, you you stay here and you demonstrate my love to the people in this place. You show my love to them. You show them the hope that I have for their lives. And over her time there, she impacted along with the other people. Many people came to know Jesus, had their lives changed. Gang leaders had their lives changed as a result of somebody not listening to everybody say, don't do it, but say, no, God, you've given me passion. I'm going to do it. A number of years later, somebody said to her, what made you so brave? to do this and when she heard that said she became quite indignant and she said I wasn't brave 
I was just doing what every Christian should be doing. She said, I know where my future is secured. I know my destination is heaven. And now I'm here on earth trying to bring and let as many people know that they can have this for their lives too. You see, hope will give us passion for people. Hope will give us passion to reach people. It could be distant lands. It could be your living room. It could be your street. It could be, I don't know. I'm not God and I'm not going to say, but God has a plan and a purpose and he wants us to reach other people. God also, when we place our hope in him, he gives us patience. The reality is sometimes when we step out for God and when we believe the promises of God, we want everything straight away. We want microwave results. I like microwaves. They get the job done quick. But the reality is our faith isn't a microwave faith. Hebrews 6 says through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. Patience doesn't come naturally, to me anyway. I don't know about you, but patience doesn't come naturally to me. But what I do know is that patience is a part of the Christian life and actually is called a fruit of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give us patience. So you know when we're believing God, you know when we're trusting God, you know when we're doing things and reaching out and we don't seem to see the results. I want to encourage you, not to become despondent, but realize that through faith and patience, we inherit the promises of God. When my grandmother got saved when I was a baby, she prayed for my grandfather's salvation. For 25 years, she labored through prayer for my grandfather. And God miraculously, after 25 years, as they moved from Cumbran and moved to Panath, my grandmother didn't want to move from Cumbran. She wanted to stay to put in Cumbran. My grandfather wanted to go to Panath, but she went with him. And in Panath, they went to a church together and my grandfather got saved. And my grandmother, 25 years for believing, got to see her for herself, what God could do. I want to encourage you to be like an expectant mother with the promises that God has for you. When a, mum, when a lady becomes pregnant, as she waits for this baby to grow in her body, she does not become more despondent with time. She can, becomes more expectant the longer it goes on. And God wants us to become more expectant the longer that we have to wait don't lose hope don't say what's the point in believing this this is taking way too long no through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God and each day wake up and say well I'm one day closer I'm one day closer to seeing God fulfill the promises that he has for either for yourself or for somebody else you're one day closer so I want to encourage you to put your hope in Jesus and he will give you patience to keep on believing even though sometimes things don't happen as quickly as we would want them. And then finally, I want to encourage you and say that hope gives us perseverance. 
When we have hope anchored in him, confident of our, our end destination, we don't give up. Galatians 6, 9 says this, so let's not get tired in doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Hope gives us perseverance. When things are challenging, when things seem to be like they're going in reverse, hope gives us perseverance to stick with the course because we trust God implicitly. Listen to what Paul says in Corinthians 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8. He says, we are pressed on every side by trouble, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're hunted down, but we're never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we're not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Here is Paul explaining all the things that he's gone through, things that would come to crush things that would cause them to lose hope. But he said, those things may happen, but we're not broken. We've not given up. We keep on going. And later on in verse 18 of chapter 4, he says this, so we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. We fix our gaze on eternity for the things that we can now now see will soon be gone, but the things that we cannot see will last forever. We are people of hope, anchored in hope, and because of that hope, despite circumstances that go around about us, we keep on persevering, we keep on fixing our eyes, and we keep on doing what God has called us to do. We keep on helping, we keep on serving, we keep on encouraging, we keep on sharing the word of God, we keep on letting people know about Jesus. Sometimes when we feel like we're going through it, we want it all to focus on us. But Paul in the word of God says, don't focus on yourself. In the midst of things, continue to look out continue to keep sowing encouragement and prayer. Maybe you find yourself in this place today. This is scripture from Psalm 126, verse five to six that I want to encourage you with. It says, those who plant in tears will reap with hard shouts of joy. They weep as they go to plant their seed but they will sing as they return with a harvest. Sometimes we want to give up. Sometimes we want to bail out. But let me encourage you, keep on sowing. Keep on doing good. Keep on loving others. Keep on doing what the word of God says. And the Bible assures us that when we sow, even though sometimes it is with tears, 
Sometimes we just cry as we sow and we don't understand. But as we sow with tears, the Bible says we will reap. We will harvest with shouts of joy. It may be here on earth that we'll reap that harvest. Or it may be in eternity that we will see the results of our faithful seed sowing. It may be in eternity that we will see people there and we'll say, how can this be? Well, you sowed in tears. You sowed in that famine. You sowed when it was tough. And your sowing led me on a path to find Jesus for myself, to see God work in my life. So I want to encourage you. The people of God who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He's the anchor for our hope. He is the living hope. And we live as a result of that hope that we have in him. I want to encourage you today. God has got great plans. You are here with a purpose. And he wants each of us mobilized to change the society in which we live. To change our husbands, our wives, our sisters, our brothers, our work colleagues, our school friends, our community, our street, our city, our nation, beyond our own borders. I don't know what God's got planned. But I know that when we anchor ourselves in hope, he's going to mobilize us. Because this hope isn't just for us. This hope is for other people. It's for reaching out. So Jesus, we thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you that we have found hope in you. And because of the hope we found, you want us to release that hope to other people. You release us to make a difference. So Lord, I pray that you would show us how we can reach people through acts of kindness, encouragement, through serving, from generosity. Lord, whatever way, Lord, thank you that you're going to show us. And Lord, we want to say, here I am, send me. In Jesus' name. Amen.